Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Butler into the front court, right wing, gets a screen, he's free, puts up a jumper, missed it, quarter, another rebound. DJ, is any of this missed shot making fatigue, you wonder? Exactly, and who should be more tired than Jimmy Butler? The first ever NBA Finals game for the Denver Nuggets is a win, and the Nuggets take game one. You don't expect it to be easy when you get to this final round. This is a great challenge. It's going to require more. We'll get to work and you know, see what we can do better. It's a wrap. Game one of the NBA Finals last night from Denver, 104-93. to The Nuggets defeat the Heat. We'll get back to more of that coming up a little bit later. They reconvene for game number two on Sunday night from Ball Arena. That'll be on ABC and, of course, here on most ESPN radio stations. I am Jeff Turn. That is Andre Snellings filling in for the guys today on Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, tell it to play ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. A lot to get to here over the next hour, but we're going to go back to what we were talking about right before the break, and that's the coaching carousel throughout the NBA. As there's only one team left looking for a head coach, that's the Toronto Raptors. As we have seen the 76ers tag Nick Nurse as their next guy. We just got done talking about Frank Vogel going to the desert to coach the Phoenix Suns. And we thought we were going to get an opening maybe in Boston, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But that is not going to happen as Brad Stevens came out yesterday and said not only is it a priority to bring back Jalen Brown, we're bringing back Joe Missoula as our head coach as well. But for now, Andre, let's focus in on the Philadelphia 76ers. They had a chance, it felt like, to get to the NBA Finals. The path had opened up. They were going to be taking on the Miami Heat. And, you know, Joel Embiid and James Harden were playing so well at opportune times against Boston. They had the lead 3-2, and then it all came crumbling down in Game 6 and Game 7, and Doc Rivers was fired afterwards. They now bring in Nick Nurse as their next head coach. And I first want to go to you, Andre, with regards to the thoughts about Nurse replacing Doc. And I know there's that funny saying about replacing <laughs> a Doc with a Nurse, but there's, there's much more complexities to this with regards to the philosophies and how both of those coaches demand certain things from they're stars, and in the case of Philadelphia, Joel Embiid's going to be around, but James Harden's future is up in the air, and it felt like this hire was more based on we know Joel's going to be around, and we want to make sure that the hire fits his needs more so than maybe catering to a guy that we don't know is going to stick around in James Harden. Yeah, absolutely. This, If there were any questions about that, and there probably shouldn't have been, but I don't know if we're going to play it in a little bit, but... but um, Nick Nurse's response when they asked about James Harden told well, we'll the story to, to me. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's all about Joel Embiid. Um, they're building with Nurse. He's another coach that's won a recent championship, right? Doc won a championship in 08, but Nurse won a championship just a few years ago in 2019, built around a central star and a strong defense with a team that was built around supporting that that star and, and knocking down threes, playing defense. So, I think that 
that's probably the model they're going to work with built around Joel Embiid. And the key is if Embiid buys in and can stay healthy. If so, then Nurse can have some success. You alluded to it. There was a couple of interesting questions, and I think in the first press conference, <laughs> Nick Nurse, welcome to Philly, buddy. This ain't Toronto where they ask you questions and then they really care more about hockey. This is where they will ask you questions, and if you don't answer them, they will ask you tougher questions. And then there'll be a thorn in your ass if you don't answer those questions. It gets a little bit more testy in those press conferences in the city of brotherly love than it does north of the border. And specifically... He was asked, Nick Nurse, the new head coach of the 76ers, about James Harden returning. Here's what he had to say. Better at the end of those two months. And two Do you want James Harden round. back? Pardon me? Do you want James Harden back? James Harden's a great player. I yeah. didn't answer the question. Well, I would say this is that James has a decision to make. I'd be very happy if he came back. <laughs> you didn't answer the question. It feels like he's in a room and they got the light on his face. And there's the dark glass. It's like, dude, you didn't answer the question. Answer the question. Man. Answer the question. <laughs> you know? Like, the question. Okay, it's just the opening press conference, guys. Let's I, I understand. He's sort of blood in the water for all the sharks that are the media in Philly, but like, let him just chill a little bit, enjoy himself. Maybe the second press conference, you can welcome him to the city of brotherly love. Now, along with this, Andre comes the expectations that you can't be getting bounced early in the playoffs. And, you know, I think, I think Nick answered this one pretty good as well. He, he was asked the same sort of thing. You can't have these problems. What are you going to do about it? You guys have mentioned the second round to me twice already, and we're going to hit that head on. We're judged on how we play in the playoffs. Like It was the same in Toronto that we hadn't played that well and, and certain players hadn't played that well and all those kind of things. So the reality is that's, that's the truth. So I would imagine from day one we're going we're gonna to talk about that and that we're going to try to attack that. You know, we're going we're gonna to have to face it. And we're going to have to rise above it. That's the mentality part, I think, that you're going to have to take. I think an interesting part of this, Andre, is what's the equation to not have that happen? What's the formula for them to not get bounced in the first or the second round? And is that formula including James Harden? So the question becomes, can Nick Nurse keep James Harden in Philly? The other question could be, does Philly want to keep James Harden in Philly? Because if you move on from Harden, it frees you up a lot of money. You can move Tyrese Maxey into that second spot where he's continued to emerge as a better player year in and year out offensively in certain nights he's been able to carry the 76ers so which do you think is a better question can Nick Nurse keep James Harden in Philly or should Philly want to keep James Harden in Philly I mean first of all I've been laughing since we played that clip of Nick Nurse because so yes they were pressing him in Philly in a way that he doesn't get pressed in Toronto but more than that, like his answers were telling, right? Because it was a very direct question. Do you want James Harden back? Answer, James Harden is a great player. Like, yeah. like, like that's an answer that, you know, it doesn't have any content, but that in itself was an answer. And then when the guy follows up, Nick Nurse starts off with, I, uh, I would say this uh, is that I was pointing out earlier, that's that anytime you lead a sentence off with that, Anything that comes after it is a lie. That's like starting off, nah, see, what had happened was, I know that anything you say after that isn't true. So should they want James Harden back? Maybe. I don't think that they should want to lose him for nothing because he was 
brought in to be the second star. And if they lose him for nothing, then from a talent standpoint, they've taken a step back. But can they bring James Harden back? The way that Nick Nurse responded, it feels like he thinks the answer might be no. And and I would also add on to that because it felt like it did fit at times. You know, like that game one when they didn't have Embiid mm-hmm. against Boston, he was able to go show out and have a vintage Harden performance. This wasn't fat Harden at the end of Houston, right? right. Where like he looked like he was forty pounds heavier than he was when he put on a Brooklyn Nets jersey, right? Like mm-hmm. he went from Houston to Brooklyn, and in that flight, he lost forty pounds. It didn't look <laughs> like that. It looked. This wasn't like you know late night strip club Harden, fat Harden doesn't care about basketball. It looked like like a dude that wanted to win and he was doing everything he could to win and so I feel like sometimes maybe within stretches of five minutes or eight minutes Harden wasn't at his best but it felt like holistically through the playoffs and through that series maybe minus game seven where some people felt like they didn't have the best effort I felt like they went out with this group and they optimized what they were able to do it just they ran up I think against a better team I think Boston was a better team and they ended up having enough guys off that bench to contribute offensively that Philadelphia didn't. You know, PJ yeah. Tucker's getting a little, a little long in the teeth. You know, like I, I think you, you need maybe a a younger three and D guy, maybe a a, a dude um, that that you replace with Tobias Harris via trade as his contract's getting closer to expire. I I think there's some movement there from Daryl Morey that doesn't include Harden that makes Philadelphia a bigger contender. Yeah, I think Philadelphia definitely has some personnel moves they need to make. I think that the biggest thing is Joel Embiid's health. We've had a couple playoffs in a row now after an early part of his career where he got injured late in the season. And even though he was playing through it, he clearly wasn't MVP Joel Embiid in that 76, I mean in that uh, Celtic series. So I think that's the main thing. But with Harden, I felt like it seemed to me that he didn't know what his role was, which was confusing because he was so veteran. But there were times when 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 Embiid didn't play, then yep. you saw Harden come out and say, okay, put the team on my back. I know what to do. And then there was the one game where he had played bad, and then Embiid said, dude, just shoot. And he came out and had another 40-point game. But other than those two, just watching him on the court, it felt like he didn't know when to pass, when to dribble, and when to shoot. And so that partially could be a coaching thing. So if Nick Nurse is able to come in and they are able to retain James Harden, I think that's one of the biggest things is Nurse has to be very clear on what he wants from Harden and how he can best support Joel Embiid. And if they can get on that page, then yes, Harden does still have talent. He does still have some something left in the tank, but he has to know what he needs to do in order to, to succeed. To reach that ceiling to win a championship with Joel Embiid, our own ESPN NBA analyst Monica McNutt had these thoughts on what that formula needs to add. He just needs a point guard of consequence. I'm not saying you can just go grab anybody, but Joel Embiid is one of those guys that shifts defenses enough that if you get him a point guard of consequence, they should be able to figure it out. Of course, with the growth of Tyrese Maxey, and perhaps if a different shift at that point guard position, maybe you see more of Tobias Harris as an offensive weapon. Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. I am Jeff Turn. That is Andre Snellings filling in this afternoon. Again, happy Friday to you all. The reason the 76ers are in this position is because Boston came back from a 3-2 lead, and then they were down 0-3 and fought all the way back to a Game 7, and then they ended up losing a chance to go to another NBA Finals, and they found themselves in a position where they might be replacing first-year head coach Joe Mazzula. But Brad Stevens came out yesterday 
and was talking about the future of the Celtics, specifically Jalen Brown and Joe Mazzula, and said, not only do we want to bring back Jalen Brown long-term, the Supermax deal is, is what's in question here, 50-some million dollars, $59 million a year, but we're bringing back Joe Mazzula. Brad Stevens tagged this guy as the replacement for Ime Udoka after what went down there in Boston. And first, Andre, let's talk about the coach, and then we'll get to the player. And then we'll get to both the 76ers and the Celtics holistically moving forward. But specifically on Joe Mazzula, Brad Stevens, Celtics president of basketball operations, had this to say about why he's sticking with Joe. Brad, is Joe Mazzulla the best head coach for this team going forward? And if so, why? Yeah, I think he is. And I thought he, again, did a really good job with this group. He'll only get better at anything that, you know, he can learn from this year because he's constantly trying to learn. You know what makes me upset sometimes, Andre, when I listen to media react within games and series about certain things is the overreaction based on teams that are really good like if you were someone that was covering I don't know the 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 Hornets or the or the Magic or you know some team that's in the lottery and you're like yeah we need to replace the coach because his in-season adjustments were crappy and they were just getting molly every night there wasn't a high energy level and we're talking about a team that was one win away after being down 0-3 for making another NBA finals and the odds for the Nuggets, Celtics would have looked a lot different than what we're even seeing right now for the Nuggets in the heat. And we're talking about a guy that's 34 years old that didn't have the ship unravel. This wasn't like he took the reins of the Titanic and ended up at the bottom of the ocean, right? Like right. this dude came in, he kept it together all year. They're their second best team in the East. They were able to get all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they came up one game short of making the NBA Finals. Why would you give up on something good? I think so many times executives want to win now so bad that they forget about how bad it is to be in the middle, right? To be a five, a six, a seven seed. And no, you have no chance in hell of usually getting to the NBA Finals. That upsets me as a fan of sports. And I think it would have been a complete overreaction to move on from Joe Mazzula. Do you like my take on the Celtics and Joe? I like your take. First of all, Excellent use of the word mollywop. Like, I'm going to go ahead and guess you learned that at Tennessee State, that that wasn't something that came from South Dakota. What up, Tigers, baby? What up? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that – so the word all through the playoffs – was that Brad Stevens really liked Joe Mazzula, that he never had any intention on moving on from him. And when all of the championship winning coaches from the last few seasons got fired and the Celtics were down 3-0, I think there could have been mounting pressure had they been swept that perhaps even Stevens might have been overruled by the owners of the team or, or, or some of the higher-ups. But – they did have that comeback. They, he did make it to Game 7. And when you look at just end results, the Celtics were in Game 7 against the Heat last year. And yeah. Jimmy Butler had a shot to, what, tie the game or take the lead? To with take like, the lead. Yeah, to take yeah. the lead with 10 seconds left. So, you know, where they If he makes that, up, are we going to crush Ime Udoka last year, right? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, to, to some extent, you have to look at that and say, Missoula did not expect to be the head coach this season. He came in on the fly and really got the team almost as far as they got a season ago. He was 34 years old. He was playing against Eric Spolstra, who I see as a good comp because Spolstra was the young guy coach that everybody thought maybe he's not ready to handle a team with LeBron and Dwayne Wade. 
and now he's considered one of the best coaches in history. So, yes, be patient, give the man another season, and let's see what he can do. Yeah, give him another season. Give him another season after that as long as it doesn't just completely unravel and you stay in this position where you have a chance to win a championship. I don't know what more you can ask. I mean, if you would have put like the names that are out there, Budenholzer used to get criticized all the time for his adjustments. Doc Rivers can't get teams over the hump. Monty Williams just got fired because he couldn't take the Suns back to the NBA Finals. Like All these guys got are, are, are getting rehired. Frank Vogel got fired because the Lakers didn't stay great. Like all these guys got fired or are onto new jobs based on lack of success in some sense or form. And you're talking about a guy that brought him back. They didn't give up on this dude down 0-3 against the Miami Heat. I think that speaks volumes to his message in the locker room. Yeah, can he handle the media a little different? Sure. Can he make better in-game adjustments versus game-to-game adjustments? Sure. But this thing wasn't a dumpster fire, that's for sure. And a part of that equation to keep them successful and in this position in the minds of many, is keeping Jalen Brown around in Boston. Another thing that I would not blow up, I don't know where you find a lot of 26-year-old wings that can play defense and score like that at an all-star level that you control their future. Here's what Brad Stevens had to say about Jalen Brown's future. Jalen had a great year, all-NBA year. He's a big part of us moving forward in our eyes. He said six seconds there, but those six (laughs) seconds carry a lot of weight and potentially a lot of money with a Supermax deal near $60 million per year. Right decision to bring back Jalen Brown with that Supermax, or would you try to adjust that and give him less money? Because if you give him less money or offer him less money, it could go south with your relationship. It already was a little bit rocky when you potentially tried to trade him for Kevin Durant. How would you approach this if you were Brett? Yeah, so you have to look at the practical considerations. The talent level, as you pointed out, of a 26-year-old all-NBA-level player who's still seemingly getting better – you can't just let that go. You, you you can't just lose that for nothing. And there is some history, at least seemingly, there's smoke that there was some acrimony there. Jalen Brown's press conferences throughout the season, there were buzzes that he didn't love being in the Kevin Durant trade rumors. So because of that, I don't see if the Celtics want to keep him, I don't think they can lowball him. I think if they keep him, then they have to essentially make the offer and, and figure out where to go from there. There are some that suggest that maybe instead they should try to trade him. And I would I can at least explore that mindset because the truth of the matter, and we talked about it a lot during this I mean during that last series, is I think that both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are excellent offensive individual scorers, but neither of them are offense team offense creators. Neither of them have enough handle to be the guy that you give the ball late in the game and let him create for himself or the team. They don't have that. I thought that I, I, I said that last season, and I thought that when they brought Malcolm Brogdon in, that maybe he could play that part. But they didn't. They they have Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart be more, you know, and, and the same with with White be guys that are off-the-ball shooters as opposed to the guys that are running the offense. I think the Celtics have to have that. If they can get that while keeping Brown and Tatum, then outstanding. But if they have to use one of them to try to bring that in, then maybe they need to explore that as well. And if they go the trade route, I still think giving him the Supermax is the way to go because I think you create more value with a guy that, that has five years on a deal if you're trading him somewhere else versus an expiring contract to whoever you're trading him to, not knowing if he's going to want to stick around at that new place. 
at least the team you're trading him to after you sign him to a Supermax allows that new team to control his rights for a handful of years. I think that makes sense as well. So let me get back here quick, Andre, before we get the break and ask you about the future of both the teams we just talked about, Mm -hmm. Celtics and 76ers. Which stock are you buying more of over the next three years? Right now, you have to. Buy, I think you have to buy the Celtics because they have fewer question marks. We yep. we we know what the team looks like. Less we know injuries. what the coach looks like. Yeah, less injuries, and we could. You know, I see what they need on the court. I think they have the opportunity in the off season to try to bring that in. With the 76ers, we don't know what's going to happen with Harden. There have been rumors, you know, I don't know how strong they are, that there might be, you know, people trying to get Embiid to, to go to another team. So I, I, I and of course, Embiid's health isn't something that's under their control. So in the short term, I'm looking at the Celtics as the safer option of, to have higher stock moving forward. Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I think the part that you mentioned about sort of knowing what we have is important there. And we found out in that series against Philadelphia, the team that was deeper was, was Boston. Even in that series against Miami, the reason why they were able to come back is because they had others that could contribute. White, mm-hmm. Horford playing some good defense, being able to go to, to, to other dudes. And Brogdon was hurt there. He wasn't even healthy that whole series. He's back next year healthy. He's the piece, the sixth man of the year that you knew you were getting in, in that addition a year ago. I'm definitely buying the Celtics stock over the 76ers. I still think the 76ers will be a top-four team in the East, but I believe the Celtics are neck-and-neck with the Milwaukee Bucks. Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance, looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits, and you can work with flow. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Coming up next, what are the main adjustments that the Miami Heat need to make for Game 2? After this word from Andre. Every day, there are drivers on the road who decide not to buckle their seatbelts. Some of those drivers will be ticketed by law enforcement. Some of those drivers who crash won't make it home. Buckling up is the single most effective way to protect your life in the event of a crash and make it home safely to your loved ones. Don't risk it, click it, or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. You've never heard the word yeah. sweep coming out of my mouth with Miami. This now one I you're think is different. Sweep. Yes, I'm saying I'm holding a broom in my hand today. The Jokic turns, fades, scores! 27, 10, and 14 for Nikola Jokic in game one. The first ever NBA Finals game for the Denver Nuggets is a win. Another triple-double for Jokic. And the Nuggets take game one. 104-93, the final over Miami. Welcome back to Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Andre Snellings. I'm Jeff Turn, filling in for the guys on this Friday. Game one in the books of the NBA Finals. You saw it on ABC. You heard it on ESPN Radio. 104-93, the Nuggets defeat the Miami Heat last night. Game two coming up on Sunday from Denver. We're joined now by ESPN NBA reporter Nick Ferdell. And I've done a lot of radio with Nick over the last couple of years. And I've, I've done radio where he's on vacation, sipping on pina coladas in San Diego, hanging off balconies in South Beach, walking the streets of Brooklyn. And I saw him today hanging out with the hippies out there at Red Rocks. Uh, Nick, how you doing today, buddy? Jeff, they're paying me for this. <laughs> oh I'm just paid to do all this stuff. This is your it's life. It's pretty awesome. Although, although what cracks me up is like, you know, I don't get to spend too much time in Colorado. I was not prepared for. Hey, it's 70 degrees and sunny and it's beautiful. And then 20 minutes later, it's hailing. So <laughs> I have hit the range of weather emotions out here. But it's been a good day for sure. Hey man, I want to start with what we saw last night because we've seen. The Miami Heat be cool, calm, collected, no matter what the situation has been here throughout the 2023 NBA playoffs. It, it isn't, though, a, a Giannis-less Bucks team. This isn't the Knicks. This isn't a 3-0 lead on the Boston Celtics. After they lose game one last night, how different is the task that is in front of them trailing the Nuggets 0-1 versus what they've had to accomplish the last three rounds? Jeff, it's a lot more difficult because the Nuggets are the best team they've played. There's no doubt. When you see Jokic up close and personal and you see what he's able to do for his teammates in making all those passes and clearing that space on the floor, and then, oh, by the way, when he wants to, he can just dominate offensively, there are plenty of teams all across the league that have no answer for him. And the Heat are trying to figure one out as we speak. But that is the difference to me. This is a deep, talented Denver roster. A lot of people don't get to watch them uh, all across the country. Hell, a lot of people in Denver still can't watch them because of a a contract dispute that's going on with the cable companies out here. So uh, I think the key for Miami is to figure out, all right, what do we have to do to get our offense moving And the issue is they went to the line twice. That's a new postseason record. That just cannot happen when you're a team that is used to playing with a physical tone, used to delivering the punch to whomever you may be playing that night. 
So there are a lot of different layers for the Heat to to fix after that one. But the the real issue is Denver is that good, and they they just look like they're getting better each time they go out there here in the postseason. What up, Nick? Yeah, this this Dre, and I agree with your assessment that the Nuggets are just kind of objectively bigger, stronger, and more skilled. But when I look at the Heat last night, the first thing that I noticed was that Jimmy Butler was the most passive that I've seen him in this entire postseason. And I've kind of been noticing, really, that since the injury, to me, to my eye, he's visibly not been the same, quote-unquote, hemi like he was before. He's only had one 30-point game since that injury, and it was after five days rest. So as somebody that's on the ground there, I guess my question would be, is there more to that ankle injury than has been reported? Uh, Mr. Snow, it's, it's great to hear your voice. And what I would tell you is, I think the issue for Jimmy, on top of the ankle, on top of every other nagging injury, he's just tired. Mm. I have watched him throughout the entirety of his career from the beginning in Chicago. When you play that many minutes and you are tasked with carrying the group offensively the way that he is, Jimmy might have several nagging injuries. And I know there's been focus on the ankle. He doesn't want to delve into how much pain he may or may not be playing through. What I can tell you, having watched him, is that he just doesn't look like that gas tank is anywhere close to full. And, of course, what he would say is, well, everybody's dealing with stuff and everybody's played a lot of minutes. But, again, when you have to be everything for a team – and we're used to seeing Jimmy run to the rim, get fouled, get all those free throw attempts. And as a group, they've got two, and he doesn't have either one of them. That is a huge red flag. So I don't think this series is over. And at every turn, when you start to doubt Jimmy and this heat group, they prove you wrong. But what I would tell you flatly is that Jimmy Butler just looks like he's tired. And the only thing that is going to fix that especially with these two days off now, is rest and time to rehab everything that's going on. Nick Friedle, ESPN NBA reporter, joining us here. We watch it on TV. We listen to it on radio. We see Nikola Jokic and what he's been able to do in those two MVP seasons and what he's doing for this Nuggets team that's in the finals right now. But up close and personal, man, how good is that dude? Jeff, he's the best player in the game right now. Uh, in my opinion, uh, I think he is that good. And before the series, I would always lean towards Giannis. I know Embiid has had an unbelievable year, but to me, Giannis was just and, and is just incredible. But when you see Jokic, and again, it's not just what he does. I think that was one of the most telling statements over the last few days to me. I'm asking Bam out of what they have to do to, to slow him or limit him. And he's saying, you can't let him get his passes going. And he's right. When Jokic starts passing the way that he does, and he's an unbelievable passer, it creates all kinds of different space for the rest of that Nuggets group. And then you go, oh, KCP's got a wide-open shot. Here's Porter, Bruce Brown. You go down the list, but they all trust that he's going to make the right play because they've seen it so often. But when you see Jokic, (laughs) you see a guy – that guys, I, I really think that so much of the basketball world that doesn't watch day-to-day, they sleep on him because he's playing out here in Denver. 
There's not a lot of attention on this team. He doesn't go out of his way to draw much, which is another issue, uh, at least for the league's uh, growing uh, in in getting people to check into this group. But the Nuggets don't care. They just want him to deliver for 48 minutes every time he goes out there. And he does, and he's getting better, and he is a force down there on the blocks. Great work throughout the entire playoffs and, of course, here throughout the rest of the NBA Finals. Nick Friedell following the Miami Heat around here as they trail 0-1 in the NBA Finals to the Denver Nuggets. Game 2 on Sunday on ABC and on most ESPN radio stations. Nick, we'll get you back to uh, sightseeing and racking up all that uh, Mickey Mouse debit card money you got out there. So uh, enjoy yourself, man. Thanks for the time. Jeff, it never goes as far as you think, let me tell you. But uh, it was great being with you guys, and I will talk to you soon. All right, peace, Nick. Well, man. Nick Friedell joining us there on Canty and Carlin. Brought to you by, of course, FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Coming up, we're going to talk skydiving, specifically the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Skydives to Game 1 of the NBA Finals. That's next on Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Hey, Carlin on a Friday here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I am Jeff Turn. Andre Snelling's alongside me today, heading you to the weekend where we'll get game one of the Stanley Cup final. We'll get game two of the NBA finals. But we got to react to something, Andre, because I don't know if anybody asked the Larry O'Brien Trophy how he felt about this, but he was skydived into game one of the NBA Finals. First of all, do you like the theatrics of that? Yeah, I mean, put on a show. You know, the Larry O'Brien Trophy don't have nothing to worry about when it comes to skydiving. Even if his shoot doesn't open, you know, we, we, can, we can get another iteration of him. But, you ever you know, skydive before? I have never skydived before. Um, you want to? <laughs> Woo, so that's a strong one. My, my, my pops was the traditional black people don't do extreme stuff. Life is hard enough guy. <laughs> and so for the most part, that's my mindset. I'm not swimming with sharks. I'm not running with bulls. You know, I'm not bungee jumping. 
But with that said, my oldest daughter says she wants to skydive. And if she wanted to do it, I would consider doing it with her. But Canty's disclaimer from earlier has me kind of rethinking because the weight limit is real. And uh, I'm a little bit too too far past the current line to, to think about doing it right now. So back in, in the mid-2000s, my now wife, then girlfriend, we went to Las Vegas. And, you know, when you're in your, your, your early 20s and you go to Vegas and you're there for a week, you can't just spend all the time in the casino, so you're figuring out other stuff to do. So one night we go and we eat at the the Stratosphere restaurant mm-hmm. that sort of slowly goes around in a circle. And then when we're done, she gets this bright idea that we need to go experience the rides that are atop the Stratosphere. <laughs> now, listen, I don't have a problem with, like, roller coasters, but I do have a problem, like, standing really high up on places. Yeah. If I'm moving, I'm okay. But, like, you have to wait up there. And it was just – it was freaking me out to start. And then they put me in this little contraption. It's like a little claw, and it puts you over the edge of the stratosphere, and you're strapped in, and then it flips you forward so that you only have this strap between you and your death. Oh, no. And I'm looking down at mortality, and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? And then they spin you around at, like, 50 miles an hour. And the next morning, we had actually scheduled to go skydiving. I was trying to convince her I was much more dangerous than I actually was. Like, dude, the, the most dangerous thing I was really doing at that time was eating like a medium rare steak, right? Like, so the fact that she wanted to go skydiving the next day, we already booked it and there was like a down payment you had to make. By the time we got back to the hotel, I had called them, canceled it, told them to keep their money and I was not going skydiving. And since then, I've re- really never had an itch to do anything that dangerous. Like, what what's the most extreme things you do in your life today? <laughs> well, first of all, you still got married, so you convinced yes. her that you were dangerous enough. You know, to, <laughs> I don't even know if she was that dangerous. I just thought I had to be the bad guy or like the bad boy, right? Like she just wanted a guy that went to church and you know tied his shoes. I, I didn't need to be dangerous, apparently. Yeah, and and so to your question, I've never really done anything too extreme. Um, stuff that probably other people think are, is routine would be like I went water skiing one time. Actually, I went snow skiing one time, and I didn't know anything about it. I did not bring gloves, and and when <laughs> when we went to the to 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 the uh, skiing place because I didn't have gloves, I put socks on my hands. And oh, I that's thought, amazing! Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and and yeah, it turns out when socks get wet, they don't help very much. No, um, they don't, man. I mean, I don't do extreme <laughs> stuff either, man. I mean, like the most extreme thing I've done lately is I went fishing last weekend. My buddy Ted Takasaki's a professional fisherman. He let me take out his beautiful Lund boat, 400 Mercury motor. I go out there with my family. Now listen, I wear gloves when I take fish off lines, all right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a guy that likes to get poked, all right? Yeah. Like I'm not a dude that likes to get poked. So like even the stuff on top that that'll poke you. Yeah. I put the fish on the boat. I I lightly put my foot over it. Then I take the hook off with like a, a needle nose pliers. And then I put it kindly back into the water. Now, I really don't mind fish that don't have teeth, but we catch some walleyes up here. They got some Mm -hmm. fangs. And then we have these things called northern pikes. They look like they were created by dinosaurs, all right? (laughs) And they're like 30-plus inches long. So I try to get them off the hook before they even get into the boat, and they have some true fangs. I had a buddy that grew up in North Carolina. Yeah. And he act West Virginia, North Carolina. When he moved up here, he caught a northern pike. He thought it was like a bass. He put his hand inside the oh, mouth no. of this thing. Damn near lost all four fingers, my oh, boy no. Thomas. All right. <laughs> so like that's as dangerous as it gets for me. Yeah. Like I let my sixty year old mother take the fish off last week, man. That's how extreme I am. This is Canthy and Carlin on ESPN radio and the ESPN app. 
Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.